Hi there, and welcome to Magic Time. It's a post-game edition of Magic Time. Uh, this evening, the Moncton Magic playing on the road up at Harbor Station in St. John, New Brunswick, taking on the St. John Riptide. Very pleased to be joined by my broadcast partner from Moncton Magic Home Games. This is David Tingley. How you doing, Dave? Good, Scott. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Appreciate you taking time uh, on a, what the heck is this, a Wednesday evening to hop on <laughs> Uh, a post game. I, I think you know we we've been doing the post game after Moncton Magic home games live on location at St. Louis Bar and Grill, Moncton, Dieppe, who are the fantastic presenting sponsors for Magic Time. But I think uh, all things being equal, if we can connect up and do this uh, via technology for road games, uh, why not do it as well? What do you think? Uh, you mean I have to talk basketball with you? more than I did before? I, I don't know. If there's a rubber arm, you can twist if you want. All right. Consider it twisted. Okay. <laughs> the Moncton Magic uh, on the road, as we said, in St. John to take on their provincial rivals, uh, the St. John Riptide Battle of 506, as it's dubbed. And Dave, uh, it was a really good start for the Moncton Magic on the road. Uh, Billy White had a fantastic first half. He put up 22 points, leading all scorers by a mile. In the first 24 minutes, they outscored St. John. It was 47-27 after the first half. Uh, before we get to the second half, uh, what was going well for the Magic in half one? Well, it was all about the defense. I mean, the St. John tries to pay, play at a, at a pace, um, an up-tempo pace, because if they get bogged down in the half court, they have traditionally struggled. It sounds from the broadcast, uh, I mean, they they signed a a new guy there today who made his his uh, his uh, first appearance, and we'll get into him. I'm sure he had a, he had a great game on the boards, uh, Mr. Henderson. And then um, you know they've added uh, Maston recently, and apparently from the broadcast guys in St. John tonight, they're adding another big body. So maybe they can sort of get some balance to their game. But they've struggled when they haven't pushed the pace, and they were not successful in pushing the pace in that first in that first half and Moncton just made them pay they had the, the hand in their in their face on every shot and Moncton wiped the glass clean and didn't shoot the ball tremendously well themselves but they got out and ran and got some easy ones and of course gave Billy White whatever he wanted and Billy was just ridiculous in that first half so you talk about uh, some new additions to the St. John Riptide and potentially more coming in some roster news again for the Moncton Magic as the player movement continues. I mean, it's not just a, a thing with the Moncton Magic. As we've referenced several times on previous podcasts, it's pretty much the nature of the National Basketball League of Canada. It's a transient league. Guys come and go for various reasons. But Duke Mundy, who was brought on in the new year and was a real big contributor for this team and really started to seem that he was fitting in and, and finding his role, so to speak, uh, He's moved on an opportunity with the G League. Can't blame him for taking it. But uh, what does this do now, at least in the short term, to Moncton? Well, in the short term, it, I mean, it's nothing new for Moncton. They're they're going well. I guess this is another reshaping and rehabbing of our roster that we've got to do all over again. They've been doing this ever since, um, you know, nine, ten games in when when their starting backcourt uh, left within, you know, five games of each other. And so they reshaped themselves then, and they'll reshape themselves again. I mean, um, Coach Salerno's got the number of all the good agents, I know, and he'll, he'll have some ideas. And the good, the, the good thing, if there is something to be, 
to, to say this is good for the Magic is that it opens up a pretty big salary spot. You know, you got to figure he's a big part of the salary cap, a guy like Duke. And so they can probably scout out somebody that's looking for an opportunity, maybe coming back from Europe, maybe, um, you know, just hasn't uh, been holding up for a good opportunity and they can, they can make an attractive offer for the rest of the year to fill that salary spot. So you got to figure he's got some eyes on some big fish. This does coach Salerno and, and hopefully he'll be able to, to land that fish. Cause Duke, uh, you're right. Duke, kind of was feeling his way with the team, but then the last game, uh, as, as everybody saw in the triple overtime, or double overtime game was just everywhere on both ends of the floor and, and looked terrific. So, yeah, big hole to fill again. And I know it's frustrating for fans as, you know, I was looking at some of the comments uh, on social media tonight when the first when the game first got going and fans were like, where's Duke? What's happening? Where is he? So, but, again, it's just the nature of the league, and that's something that not only the Moncton Magic – but all teams have to deal with players come and go. And, and to your point, absolutely, Joe Salerno, you know he's got the Rolodex out. And I know that's an old school reference, Rolodex, for you kids out there. Google, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But you know that uh, he's already probably got some irons in the fire there. So that aside, that's something that the Moncton Magic uh, have to deal with in the immediate and in the short term until, you know, another roster move is made. So, the big first half, Billy White, 22 points, looking good. 47-27 on the road, the Moncton Magic on a roll. But anybody who follows basketball, whether you're a diehard fan or a casual fan, you know that basketball is a game of runs, and certainly a game of runs in the National Basketball League of Canada. Cue the second half, uh, 63-36. That's what the Riptide outscored the Moncton Magic by in that second half en route to the 90-83 win. Uh, at Harbor Station in St. John. Uh, everything that went well for the Moncton Magic in the first half, but what went wrong for the Moncton Magic in the second half, Dave? Well, I'd offer up that the score wasn't that. The score is actually, it makes it sound closer than it was the second half. I mean, it was an absolute uh, train wreck if you're, if you're a Magic fan and they're still trying to get the number of the license plate or the number of the car that hit us. But um, it just, for all of the pace that St. John didn't have, in the first, as soon as Corey Allman hit the three to start the second half to put them up even more by 23 points, 50-27, they took the ball to the basket and they pushed it, and they got a three right away. And so from there, the, the pace that they played at was was just was so so quick and so and, and worked so well for them. And it was Brett Arrington really in that third quarter that was the spark plug. I mean, he was great on both ends of the floor and. Um, by the way, threw down a dunk. If you haven't watched the game tonight, fans, go back and watch it on MBLC Live if you're if you're a member of that and, and check out the dunk that he threw down in the first quarter when they were uh which was one of the best of the season. But he was terrific. Bartley turned it on. Um but the difference was the job they did on um on Billy White. And really nobody else really was, was clicking in the first half of the magic. It was really just Billy and everybody else just kinda was was doing their job defensively and Unfortunately, what happened was when he when they started doing a better job on him, nobody else was able to step up and really fill it up. Corey made his first two shots at the half, but then really struggled the rest of the half. And really, there was nobody else. And it was uh, it was it wasn't it wasn't just a little bit off. People, they were way off. There was air balls. I've never seen as many air balls as I have in that game tonight. They were just it just did not look uh, together. And since on key on on Billy was really running guys at him. He was able to get ahead of steam up and dribble the ball. 10, 15, 20 times with no, with no help. 
And really, there was only one time he got the chance to space to handle the ball that way in the second half, and he scored off of it. But really, all the other times, they were running guys at him. Jeremiah Morty was digging at the ball. Um, Kenny Ose was digging at the ball. Uh, Bernardson digging at the ball, and and they were bodying up better on him. And he just he just didn't get he didn't struggle. He just didn't get as many opportunities. And when you look up and down the line score, I mean, sometimes what you see on paper maybe not maybe it doesn't tell a true story of what, of what took place. But just looking at the post game statistics, you know, we see what Billy White did. Obviously, the player of the game for the Moncton Magic, twenty eight points, uh, 12 rebounds, four assists. But you look up and down the rest of the lineup, uh, you know, Wayne McCullough, 10 points, Corey Almond, 11. Uh, everybody else in single digits. Uh, you know, Nick Evans. Well, look, at the, look, at the, look at the shooting percentages. It's really the thing to look at, especially from, from three-point range. I mean, it's just it's, – I mean, Billy was three for four from three, and the rest of the team was, was what, five for, what, 24? Five for 24 outside of Billy from three. So, I mean – yeah, and, and and fifteen for twenty six from the line. I mean, there just there just was nothing going in, and no uh, no flow in that. And you take and you take Duke Monday out. That's gonna that's gonna happen. Um, but you know, these they they had these kind of they had this kind of a setback uh, about a month and month and a half ago, and had a little losing streak, and then pulled it back together. And they were coming in tonight off a four game win streak. So you know they've got the the personnel to do it, and and. Uh, so, you know, hopefully this is a, a shorter kind of downswing than it was the first time they had to overhaul the roster. And looking at the St. John Riptide, obviously a very slow first half for them at home, only scoring 27 points. But again, 63 points in the second half. They caught fire. Uh, Brent Arrington ended up with 23 points. Bartley with 24. Uh, the big man Maston with 10. A couple of guys off the bench were in double digits. Uh, Washington with 10. Osei with 10. Other than what you've talked about, Dave, you know what can you see is a couple of adjustments that Coach Taroba and the Riptide made in that second half to make such a big difference. I mean, was it really a lot of what St. John did, or was it maybe a little bit or a lot of what Magic didn't do? Well, as always, there's you know there's there's things from both, a little from column A, a little from column B. But yeah, I mean, Coach Taroba is a terrific defensive coach and a, and a very smart coach with adjustments, and I think it was clear that they wanted to be more aggressive with Billy. Billy's kind of not quite been maybe a hundred percent himself this year with that wrist and kind of working his way back into shape. And he's had um, finishing issues around the rim that you can probably attribute to like lack of, of, of a rhythm and, and worrying about the wrist a little bit, but tonight he just looked unlike he's looked all year and super aggressive and super um, uh, like finishing really well around the rim and from three. So really he was just, he was so good in that first half that I think he even surprised um, Taroba, Coach Taroba, and, and Riptide a little bit. But I think at halftime, they went, wait a second, yeah, we, this guy's really good. And so we've got to adjust the game plan a little bit. And I think it was really, let's make somebody else beat us. And when when, when the Magic have guys like um, uh, 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 Corey Almond and Nick Evans, and, and who I haven't mentioned yet, but really struggled tonight, by far his worst game of the year. He's been, you know, automatic with uh, near double doubles this year. And um, really nobody else uh, stepped up and made anything. Kalist only made one three. Denzel Taylor didn't provide anything offensively. Marcus Lewis made a couple shots in the second half. But other than that, and, and Freddie McSwain didn't get a lot of time, probably because of matchups. And uh, there just wasn't any, anybody else to go to, uh, it felt like, all night. And then once the, once the shots start going in like that, on a run like that at home, you can just tell 
guys are freewheeling it. Like, okay, if I miss this, it's not the end of the world. We're going so well. And so they're loose. And at the other end, the magic are, well, this has to go in to stop this run. So they're tight. And you can just feel that the entire second half once that ball got rolling downhill. And I guess, you know, through all that we're talking about, not only with the microcosm of tonight's game, but overall in the season with, you know, the personnel movement that there's been, you know, Doug Herring making the decision to go, Jahi Carson going, now Duke Mundy, and, and everything else that's been going on. But in the offseason, the real key acquisition for this Moncton Magic team, and, and, and let's be honest about it, it was that trade, Billy White, for um, Terry Thomas. And that was mm-hmm. kind of really something exciting. Billy White is still there. And this Moncton Magic team, Dave, they're still 16-8. and eight. They still have the best winning percentage in the league. The St. John's Edge, just a couple of percentage points behind at 14-8 and eight with two games at hand. But even if the Edge win those two games, they would still be tied with Moncton for the best record in the league. So through all of what's been going on, the ups, the downs, the roller coaster ride, the Moncton Magic are still at the top of the league. What would a message from you be uh, to the fans that, you know, kind of get a little antsy and, and seem to pull their hair a little bit with every little move that happens, whether it's a loss or a player leaving or whatever? But overall, what would your message be? Uh, that it's that it's an extremely long season. I mean, 40 games, you, you, like it's half the NBA season, but let's be honest, the, the, the time of it is, you know, almost as long. And um, there's a lot of breaks between games, and there's a lot of time for these guys to um, mesh with each other and a lot of time for the personnel guys to decide who to bring in. And, I mean, by the time the playoffs roll around, which are – you know, shockingly close at this point. I mean, we're well past the, the halfway point now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you, you know, the, the departures are going to be this time of year. They're not going to be as you get closer to playoff time. Then the, the rosters are going to lock in. Plus, be, for for most part, because you have that deadline where you can't make any moves past that deadline that's coming up here in about three weeks or so. So, um, yeah, the, the rosters are going to get locked in. You know. Everybody, everybody that's a, a Magic fan uh, knows we got a good coach. Uh, they know we got some some good players that are locked in here and not going anywhere. So the, you know, the pieces that are going to come in here and and replace Duke and, uh, but they're, they're, that's probably going to be a good one. You can probably trust that that's going to happen. And the other thing is too, a couple of the other new guys that came onto this team, you know, through circumstance because of other things that were happening that may not have gotten an opportunity with this team and the two guys that jump out, well, maybe three, let's, let's put Joel and Dondo in there as well, but Marcus, Freddie McSwain Jr. And Joel and Dondo, uh, those three guys really not big factors tonight. And Dondo with six points, Lewis with eight, uh, McSwain, you know, had four rebounds on the night, but where do you see those three guys fitting in? Because again, they're still relatively new with this team and they're still kind of growing into roles. However, they could be three guys that could be really key for this team down the stretch and into the playoffs. So what do you like about those guys, about what they bring to the team? Because sometimes you get a little bit overlooked because you're focusing on guys like, you know, Doug Herring or Duke Mundy or Billy White or whatever. Yeah, well, the, the, the thing about guys like that is, and what the problem was tonight, guys like that are more most effective when they're playing off the – for lack of a better term, star players that are doing their thing. So on nights when Corey is 
making shots and being Corey and when Billy's being Billy and when uh, Nick Evans is, is playing his best, they become, it's easier for them to be more effective because they are, they are good at a role. They're not, um, you know, Freddie McSwain, this is his, tonight was his, what, fourth game as a pro. Like he's, he's a, a rookie. So it's going to take him. So, and as good as he was um, last week, He's got you know, road his first you know road game in the in the in, in the professional basketball your first couple of road games you're going to be working out some kinks and so he this it, this wasn't going to be a game where he was going to be a a 2010 guy by any means but I think uh, Freddie is going to really mesh well I think the rest of the year because they love his everybody knows how much they love his athleticism they love his attitude um, they think he's here to to get better and learn and I think Freddie just will go. I think he'll be really effective in his minutes the rest of the year. And Marcus Lewis is kind of a, a twin of him a little bit. He's he's springy. He's got that athleticism. He can a little better shooter maybe than than Freddie is right now. But he's another guy that mixes and matches with what the other guys are doing. And and Dondo, we you know, is kind of the same thing. He's a, he's a great kind of glue guy who does all the little things. But he's not going to be a difference maker in a game like tonight. He's not going to suddenly be the guy that you throw the ball to and get you know, 15, 20 points from that's not Joel. So he's got to be the, the big guys got to be big for them for the, the, the bench guys, the role players to be more effective. And if we just take a quick look at the only other game taking place uh, as we record this live uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, the London lightning on the road at Windsor currently with less than eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's the Windsor express right now, hanging one, on the London Lightning, ninety-three sixty-six, and you know, yeah. Dave, uh, we you know we talked about the St. John's Edge. You know, they're just percentage points in terms of winning percentage behind the Moncton Magic. Moncton Magic, you know, leading the way right now at the top of the standings. But probably this year, more than almost any other year, you could almost throw every team into the ring and not know who's going to come out. It's almost like a WWE battle royale. You don't know who's going to come out at the end. Uh, you know, you've covered the league a long time, been around the league a long time. You know, as we get down the stretcher, have you seen many regular seasons like this where there's really no clear-cut favorite and any number of teams could get to the to the pinnacle and win the championship? Yeah, well, more than any other year, I think the it's the um, uh, the player movement has affected teams most this year than really any other year, and I know we're getting a bigger dose of that in Moncton than anybody this year, but the player movement's been just been off the charts and um, uh, that's kind of throwing things off. Cause really a team like, I mean, you watch that game tonight is, you know, St. John's eight and 16, uh, you know, if they, you know, they're in a playoff position right now because of the struggles of Island and uh, well, they're almost in a playoff position because of the struggles of Island. They're coming up on the heels of, uh, you know, KW and, and, but I mean, I've watched KW play. I don't really feel comfortable playing that team. They look terrific and they're only 500 on the other side. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be concerned if I was the London Lightning with the Riptide. Like you watch that game tonight, there's a there is a scenario you can easily get to in your mind, especially if they add somebody else like the announcers are talking to tonight, where they are a team that you do not want to play in two months from now. And the same thing with uh, you know KW, who's fourth in that league. Kate Sudbury started off the league uh, started off the year like a like a house on fire. If they add somebody to go with you know Braylon Racing who shoots the three like crazy. Um, you know, would you want to face them? Would you be comfortable there? Windsor is really playing well right now. You talk about the win tonight, but they've been playing Super Bowl for you know three, four weeks now, 
And of course, St. John's is adding players left, right, and center. And, you know, there's rumors that they're going to be able to add some more guys here soon. So, I mean, Cape Breton's been struggling lately, but they're tough. Halifax is right around 500. You know, that's not going to stay the same. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I do, I, do I sound confused? Cause yeah, I am. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but the next, the next, the lead up to the deadline, the transaction deadline will be very, very interesting. Cause that's when the teams are going to have to lock in their rosters and we'll know more then, but yeah, your guess is as good as mine right now. Well, and it's interesting because you and I have talked about this before that the NBLC, well, basketball in general, but certainly the NBLC, you know, uh, not exempt from it. But basketball is all about matchups. And sometimes it's been kind of hard to gauge that this year because of the player movement. But as you look at where things are right now with the Moncton Magic and the squad that they have, you know, we, we saw what happened again against St. John tonight. We've seen them play a, a tough opponent in the Cape Breton Highlanders, who for the most part really like to muck it up. But in terms of matchups, if you had to set – a dream scenario for the Moncton Magic in the final and a nightmare scenario in the final. Who do you think, first of all, <laughs> the Moncton matches up best against and who do you think would give them the hardest time? And let's let's throw out the, the divisions. Let's just talk teams in general. First of all, who do you think would be the best matchup for Moncton in a seven-game final? In a seven-game final? Oh, boy. That's rough right now. I mean, look, out of out of everybody in the league, I think of, look, you, you want to play the Island storm, but let's be, let's be realistic. They're not probably going to make the playoffs They're They're starting from too far back there now, but I would think I would be, I'd be happy to see a Sudbury five. I think at this point or KW, because I think they match up well against those guys with uh, the, uh, the inside outside kind of balance that they have. But am I super comfortable with that? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> and on the flip side of that, again, you know, two teams that I just mentioned there a second ago, St. John and Cape Breton, really seem to hand the Moncton Magic all they can handle. Again, throwing divisions out the window, just straight on team-on-team matchup. Who do you think, at least right now, with the rosters that you know, gives Moncton the hardest matchup in a long series? Uh, I think it's St. John's. Uh, and I don't think it's really close. Um, the especially with the new addition they've made, they've got a couple of uh, really new guys, new Canadians. So I think, um, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to see them in a, in a seven game series if I could help it. But also, I think it would go six or seven and be tremendously entertaining. So I kind of want it and kind of don't, I guess. <laughs> I know, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> Uh, I guess the next thing to talk about is uh, the next game for the Moncton Magic. They've got a couple of days off now uh, to kind of go over film from this one. And I guess the good thing for the Moncton Magic is they're going to know their next opponent really well. It is the St. John Riptide on a Sunday afternoon. It'll be this Sunday coming, February 10th. Riptide at the Avenue Center to take on the Moncton Magic. Uh, Two o'clock in the afternoon, Dave, uh, and then... A couple of days later, the St. John's Edge. We get to see Big Baby again and the rest of that squad. And rumor has it, we're not going to throw any names out because we don't want to throw anybody under the bus in terms of information that's been floating around. But a potential player joining the St. John's uh, St. John's Edge that uh, would certainly be a familiar name to fans of basketball and the NBA. We'll have to wait and see if that comes to fruition. But the St. John's Edge 
in Moncton on Tuesday the 12th. It's a busy week for you and I next week, Dave. Yeah, plus you, you get to be my Valentine's Day day, too. Well, you know, I'm a lonely single guy, but we will get to hang out together at least for a couple of hours on Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Beware the Kiss Cam. Uh, Cape Breton Highlanders, another one of those tough matchups of the Magic in town uh, on the 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, to take on the Moncton Magic. So, Dave, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up here, and we'll just kind of leave it with this. We know now Duke Mundy has moved on. He's gone to the G League. Um, you know, any number of things can happen from a roster perspective. Uh, maybe put you on the spot here just a little bit. But are there any names floating around in your head that you might think could be a potential target for the Moncton Magic in terms of guys, you know, that were formerly part of the league or, you know, I'll, I'll give you my any names. I'll, I'll give you my I'll, I'll give you my dream scenario. And, and this is good. This is a good vibes thing, because my dreams is somebody that somebody did ask me my dream scenario for who they would add after the departures earlier. And I said Duke Monday. Because I, and there were some things to that because he was he was here in town during the summer. He did coaches camp, so there was some validity to that. My dream scenario in this case would be Mr. Charles Hinkle that played for the Edge last year and who's been you know kind of nipping around the edges of the league. And I don't think he's on a squad right now, and I think he's been waiting for an opportunity. So look, if that's just purely me, that's no information. That's just me grasping going, hey, if that guy's around and he's available, maybe we could grab him. And, well, I mean, you're right. He he was great with the edge last year. Hinkle Hoops, I'm not sure if that was an official nickname or not, but I, or not, but I know that that's what he was kind of called in social media circles, Hinkle Hoops. I know the fans at Mile One Center and in St. John's loved the guy. Uh, what would he bring to this team, and where would you see him slotting? And, again, we know that it's just a dream scenario, no insider information, but now that the name is out there, you know, where would you see him slotting in? What would he bring to this team? Uh, well, the biggest problem that Coach that Coach uh, Solana would have would be um, who do I how how do I how do I assign the minutes between a Hinkle, Denzel Taylor, Nick Evans, Billy White front court? Because the, the good thing is that that Hinkle's got size to be, you know, maybe play a, a smaller, maybe a three or two even, really, but he's a big guy and and uh he just would bring scoring and he'd bring uh he's a he's a very good defender and he's kinda and he's a vocal guy. He's got a personality. He'd be he'd fit in well with the fans around here. He's he's active on social media. Um and he was well liked in on with the edge last year. So I mean he would, what doesn't he bring? He was an MVP candidate for <laughs> for a big chunk of the year last year before his teammate got it. So um, what doesn't he bring is, is my question. And I like the nickname too, Hinkle Hoops. That lends itself very nicely to uh, on-air guys like you and I. I guess as I'm Indeed. thinking about this as well, Dave, uh, you, you know, you talked about that transaction deadline coming up. I think we should take a page out of uh, some of the big-time networks playbook and maybe do a Magic Time live deadline day podcast as it gets close to that deadline hour, and maybe just come on the air live and talk about potential moves and maybe even moves as they pop up. What do you think of that idea? Oh, um, I, you tell me where to sign up. I'm good. I'll Maybe we can get Adrian Wojnarowski to uh, help us with the trade deadline for the, for this league too. I can tell you right now, being a Celtics fan like I am, I was actually glued. Woj was on earlier 
talking about uh, some potential things that are going on. I know lots of rumors about Kyrie, but I don't think he's going anywhere. But yeah, let's take a look at that. And maybe uh, fans, if you're listening, uh, give us some feedback. But I think that would be fun to do an NBLC deadline day podcast. Anyway, Dave, we'll wrap it up here for now. Again, thank you so much for taking time this evening to hang out and do this uh, Magic podcast. I know a tough one for the Moncton Magic tonight uh, as they were on the road in St. John and uh, again a big first half. But uh, in the end, it was the Riptide coming back and winning that game 90-83. The next game for the Magic and our next game, Dave, on NBLC Live will be Sunday, February the 10th, 2 p.m. Atlantic time start right there. Look forward to seeing you then, my friend. Uh, fun as always, Scott. Thanks. See you Sunday. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. All the best to you, and we'll see you in a couple of days, my friend. You got it. That's Dave Tingley. He is pretty much all there is to know about basketball in this region. I certainly lean on him. I'm a smarter guy when it comes to basketball because of Dave. He's my broadcast partner on the NBLC Moncton Magic home games from the Avenue Center, and he was our guest this evening on Magic Time as we did the post game for the Moncton Magic St. John Riptide game. Again, it's the Riptide getting the victory at home at Harbor Station 90-83 over the Moncton Magic. Until next time, my friends, I'm Scott Squires. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.